I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now let me take a moment for myself. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Because you guys love it when I live my best life like this, okay? <laughs> Michigan in the Sweet 16 for a fifth the Rich Eisen Show. Straight. Oh, yeah. nice. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Sweet 16 in basketball, college football, playoffs. Earlier on the show, basketball Hall of Famer Chris Weber. Still to come, Houston men's basketball coach Kelvin Sampson. Writer and director Judd Apatow. Plus comedian and actor Adam Ray. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Ah, yes. It is hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. Great chat with Chris Weber in hour number one, talking about uh, his fab five teammates making it to the Sweet 16 in the University of Michigan and Jawan Howard. They're going to be taking on Villanova. Um, and uh, Jawan's predecessor lost to Villanova in the, uh, the final just a handful of years ago. Um, and uh, Judd Apatow is about to join us in studio. I can't wait to have him out here. Nice. So this much to talk great. about with him. Um, he's got a new movie coming out uh, in theaters this Friday and on Netflix April 1st called The Bubble. And the cast is phenomenal. He's also got a new book coming out that we'll talk about. Um, and I think we got a good uh, celebrity, true or false, that touches on so many of other, mm-hmm. his other touchstone pop culture moments. That's going to be coming up in this hour. Uh, but on our right now, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is the head coach of the University of Houston basketball team that just bounced Illinois from the tournament. And now Houston's next up opponent is Arizona and kind enough to call in after that win over Illinois and ahead of this huge sweet 16 matchup against the number one seed in the south is head coach Kelvin Sampson how are you coach I'm good Rich thanks for having me on how are you doing I'm doing fine uh you know we're on Peacock we're on Sirius XM radio and we're on uh, terrestrial radio so I need you to paint the word picture for me I've really never start uh, interviews out this way, so with all due respect, I ask the question: Do you have your shirt on right now? Coach? <laughs> you have your shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to the benefit of everybody on the yes. bus, we're driving on to San Antonio right now. Ah. ah. Okay. So the answer is yes. You do have your shirt on right now. How many people did you hear from uh, after we saw your shirts off celebration with your your team? Uh, coach? You know, I. Did, to my phone uh, until <clears throat> we're on the bus to get back. I think I had uh, 300 and some texts. <laughs> and at that point, you're just happy for emotion. I bet. I bet. So, and and um, your your kids must have loved that. They must have absolutely ate yeah, that up, right? Know, obviously, something like that cannot be uh, planned. Um, <laughs> A couple of years ago, we, we beat Ohio State to go to the Sweet 16. Uh, uh, that was the year we lost to Kentucky. Um, but I, it was a very similar situation. Back then, though, I was wearing a uh, shirt and tie. Um, and when, as soon as I walked in, I just got blasted with the, uh, uh, with the water shower from the uh, 
uh, Gatorade cooler and then, then the bottles and the squirt bottles and all that. And I said, well, when I turned the corner, I saw it was coming, and I said, what the hell? You know, let's dive in there and just take it like a man. I took my shirt off for some dumb reason. <laughs> well, I, it looks like you've been working out. I'll be honest with you. I'd like to know what your workout regimen is, Coach. <laughs> uh, uh, just trying to stay up with these 18 to 22-year-olds uh, about it, walking around a little bit. I bet. So let's let's get into the uh, the joy of it. And obviously, winning a tournament game is something you don't take for granted. Um, but your, your team is, uh, went to the Final Four last year, and you lost two crucial members of that Final Four team due to injury in December. Uh, your guards, Marcus Sasser and Tremont Mark, you lost those guys. What, did, what, what was the feeling around your team in December when they, those guys went down, Coach? Well, I, I think um, <clears throat> we played Texas State on the 22nd, that morning, uh, Tremont Mark, who, who had the huge play uh, last year against Rutgers on our way to the uh, Sweet 16, he had surgery uh, for a torn labrum, and we knew he would be out six to eight months. But that night, we uh, the night the game we played against Texas State, Marcus Sasser, who was uh, clearly our best player, was having a great year, um, broke his foot. And I didn't find out until the next morning. Mm. Uh, we had two days, uh, two day break for Christmas, the twenty third, twenty fourth. We were coming back to practice the twenty evening of the twenty fifth. So when I got the news, um, my trainer called and said, "Coach, are you sit down." That's usually not that's, that's usually not what you want to hear. <laughs> I said, uh, "I said what?" Well, I said, "Well, uh, what is it?" He said, "Marcus uh, uh, fractured the." Set the metatarsal on his left foot. Ah. Then I said, "Well, what's what's the prognosis?" He said, uh, "He's going to have to have surgery." And then, still holding out hope, I said, "Was well, he done for the year?" <laughs> I just needed to hear it black and white. Mm. And um, I, and I think from there, my my mind just started racing. I know I, I just lost Tremont, now I've lost Marcus. That same game. Tyler Edwards had a grade two sprain of his left ankle. I knew we'd have him for a couple of weeks. So at that point, I was just counting bodies, race to see how many we had. See if we could, uh, uh, had, I had three guards left in the program. But, you know, we just stayed in the moment. You know, we, we, uh, we talk about just be where your feet are. Our next game was at Temple. We tried to figure out how to beat Temple. And, and then each game by itself, just uh, every game became. Um, our season, we, we really couldn't plan ahead because we had to figure out how we we're going to win the game. And I think that's important for our kids to to have something to believe in. What's the plan, coach? You know, what, how, how, what do you want us to do? And uh, you know, as the head coach, we feel responsible for that. Um, and we had Josh Carlton, the big kid that transferred from UConn, and uh, we're forced to have Tajay Moore, the uh, athletic kid that transferred from Cal State Bakersfield. We just gave everybody a new role and uh, told them, just be all conference in your role. If you do that, we'll be fine. And now here you are on the uh, on the bus to San Antonio after winning two uh, in your first uh, go-round here in this tournament. Um, so I imagine, you know, when you're taking on Arizona, there there might be a nice home court advantage potentially in that uh, in that arena. Coach, potentially, 
you know, we, we play in a uh, beautiful, uh, newly remodeled Fertitta Center. Uh, I think our first game was in 2018, but it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, arena. And so we're going to try to make uh, the AT&T Center where the Spurs play uh, Fertitta South. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when the brackets came out, Rich, I, I, I you know, you kind of peek ahead a little bit. Okay, whoever comes out of this bracket uh, will move to the regional finals, and that'll be in San Antonio. I said, well, that will be nice. Then I quickly went right back to Alabama, Birmingham. Right. But now, but now that we're here, you know, it's uh, it's awesome. You know, it's uh, you know, in, in some ways, for this team, everything we're doing is gravy in a lot of ways. You know, them would have ever thought would have make make the tournament after we lost those two guys. Uh, you know, this team's just been phenomenal. These are good players. Now, we're winning because we have good players. Now, we don't have a lot of them, but mm. the ones we have, uh, we fight fatigue, we fight foul trouble. But uh, Kyler Edwards, Jamal Shedd, Tajay Moore, that's a really good backcourt. Um, Fabian White Jr. has been phenomenal in his uh, year. Uh, he had ACL surgery and missed most of the year last year. Josh Carlton, we didn't know what to expect, but we thought he was a good player and that we could develop him. And, He's, he's uh, been better than we imagined. Um, uh, our bench is thin. It's young. We, we have two freshmen and a uh, junior off the bench. But, but those kids play hard. I, I think that's what we do. You know, we have to make up for some things we don't have with, with our effort and our tenacity. And uh, because we have great kids, uh, they do it. So um, there's no magic here. We, we have good players, and uh, they fall into our system. And, uh, I appreciate every one of them. Calvin Sampson here on the Rich Johnson Show on the bus to San Antonio uh, with the University of Houston Cougars getting set to take on Arizona. That must have been a late night for you. You must have been like the rest of America on the edge of a seat with a terrific basketball game between Arizona and TCU, right, to see who you're going to play next? Is that what you guys did that night? Yeah. Right? We were in um, – after the Illinois game, <clears throat> we flew back um, to Houston and – uh, I actually got back in time to watch uh, the game. and I was impressed with both teams. I, I didn't know who was going to win as the right. game was going back and forth. But um, uh, the thing that stands out uh, for me uh, about Arizona is their size. You know, Coloco, seven foot plus, uh, Tabalas, six uh, eleven. Uh, then they bring Balo off the bench, seven foot. You know, we, we have Josh Carlton. 6'10", then we, our backup center's about 6'7", and our, our, we have two four men about 6'7", so, um, you know, they, they're going to have a size size advantage, and that's, uh, that will be a factor around the rim, uh, rim protection and rebounding both ends. Um, but, you know, their star is Matherin. I mean, he's, he's elite, uh, high lottery pick, uh, scores at all three levels, takes over a game. He's got that clutch gene, as uh, Tommy Lloyd said, and um, all their guards. I mean, that's, that team is really well well put together. I can't, I can't tell you how impressive uh, a job that Tommy's done. This time last year, he was an assistant at Gonzaga. Now he's got a team that, um, that can win it. I mean, they can win it all. And he's got Jason Terry's kid. Does that make you feel old, too, Coach? You know, um, my first win in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. was against Arizona when they had Jason Terry and uh, um, Richard Jefferson. I think that was 1999. 
So uh, when I look out there and see Jason, it's his kid, I guess, in some ways we'll have come full circle. Yeah, but that's when you take off your shirt and you're like, yeah, look at me now. That's You know what I mean? Like, that's when you go full circle there. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, full, yeah. full circle. Um, my wife asked me, was, uh, was I in it? Was, did I think I was at a frat party or something? <laughs> well, what if you beat Arizona? What, you got a slip and slide? You're going to have that going on? Get that, get that going on. Right? If, we, if we beat Arizona, uh, I don't know what I'll do. I'll have to figure something out. Coach, thanks for the time. Have a safe rest of your uh, your bus trip. Really appreciate you calling into the show uh, when you do, right in the middle of the tournament. I know you got, you're got you on the bus, but that's when, uh, that's when good moments can happen for you and your team and bonding. So I appreciate you taking some time to call. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me on. You got it. Good luck against Arizona. That's Kelvin Sampson. How about that? His first NCAA tournament win was against Arizona and Jason Terry, and now he's taking on Terry's kid in a Sweet 16 game. Life is wild. By the way, how crazy would that have been if it was Houston versus TCU and San Antonio in a Sweet 16? Right. How nuts would that have been? Home games for everybody. That would have been insane. Well, instead, it's Arizona. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's, let's, uh, take a break here on our, our program. Um, because we've got an in-studio guest coming out here. Very excited to talk with Judd Apatow. He has got a new movie in theaters this Friday and on Netflix the following Friday called The Bubble. We'll talk about so much with Judd Apatow in a moment. Hey folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. 
Thus the bubble again. Uh, Judd Apatow here on the Rich Eisen Show in theaters uh, this Friday and on Netflix. On I don't think April it's in 1st. theaters. I think it's just Netflix. Oh, okay. Except there are I some select theaters. I've been told there are select theaters. There are select theaters, but I think on April 1st. April 1st. Not, not the week before. Okay. Like in, in, in Los Angeles, the... There's a theater in the Pacific Palisades. Okay. I think the They're Paris good. and New York. Yeah, but those it's, are select. It's, those it's are built select. to watch in your underwear at home. Okay, good. <laughs> but, but, well, I mean, if we're all, some of some people are still in their bubbles a little bit too. Yeah, Chad, mentally, I mean? some people may never leave their bubble. Very good. And so the NBA, <laughs> you know, the NBA bubble was a wild yeah. construct because it's, sure. it's in a theme park, right? Yes. It's in where normally people are coming from all around the world yeah. and just hanging out and their passport to fun. And now all these NBA players are, yeah. are setting things up. And the, one and the rooms are not as luxurious as most of those guys are used to. Correct. We, we didn't hear a lot about that, but there were certainly people saying the tub isn't big enough. They're not used to seeing the, the uh, Donald Duck themed wallpaper. Exactly. <laughs> In their hotel rooms, <laughs> exactly. right? Or taking a monorail to work. And wasn't know, there like, one guy who started videotaping all of it, and then they shut him down? Shut him. <laughs> like, yo, don't talk about oh, what's yes. happening. We don't talk. It's like Fight Club. We don't yes. talk about the bubble. But yeah. the one aspect of of the bubble that you know we've been talking about on this show that uh, still lingers today is the NBA coaches use the bubble to get rid of wearing suits. They don't wear the coat. That's over. The suit's over. over. And it's never coming back. We ask yeah. every NBA coach that comes on here, like, what? What? they were like, we weren't bringing our suits. There was no dry cleaning. No yes. shot. Now they dress like they're going to the gym. And, and now you, you know? don't know who the coach is. You have no, zero. It could be just like I that. walk to go get a soda. You think I'm the coach. <laughs> you should try calling a play at uh, crypto, whatever the heck exactly. they call it now. I don't like that they call it crypto. It's like Beanie ba- Baby Arena. You know, it's like a pet rock arena. You don't want to be part of a fad <laughs> as the name of your arena. <laughs> the Cabbage Patch Arena exactly. didn't age well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Enron. Remember Enron? That's the That's arena. Right. Yeah. The Astros played in Enron for a good long exactly. while. Exactly. Let's get a little more solid with your business before you start naming the arena. The funny thing is around here, Judd Apatow here on the Rich Eisen Show, was the number of L.A. sports fans that looked mm-hmm. about the renaming of the arena as mm-hmm. if it was like a lost era. An era Oh, I miss Staples. They, you have no idea. Because you get used freaking. to anything. Whatever it is, like, you know, Shea Stadium. What was Shea? Well, that was... But what was the word Shea? I think it was named after like some guy who yeah. you know probably was tight with Robert Moses back yeah. in the day, just splitting yeah. up the city, you know, or whatever. But I, I still say Shay, right? I can't help it, but I don't even know what it means. But it's just it's in my heart. So you're you're from Queens originally? Or I was what? born in Flushing. Flushing. Yeah. So in the in the shadow of Shea State. Exactly. And I, I made a thirty for thirty about yes, uh, Doc Dwight and Daryl. Yeah. So what did you what did you learn from that? 30 for 30. Did you learn anything new at all? Anything about, new? About well, Doc and Daryl at all or what? I, I think that we thought that we would talk about a common experience, two very young men mm-hmm. who were thought to be the saviors, and that's a lot of pressure, and right. they were the saviors. They pulled it off, but then really had a, a, you know, a terrible struggle afterwards with their sobriety right and we wanted to get them together because i i thought as a fan i've never seen them talk about it and, and that really was the intention for them to share the experience of what that was okay and you so you met your heroes clearly right? uh, well i mean i went to those games when i was a kid uh in 84 85 that was my you know junior and senior year of mm-hmm. high school then i went to college in 86 yes. i was at usc 
I didn't have time to follow baseball because it was my first year of college. So the only year I didn't follow was the year that they won. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I, I mean, and I was so wounded from the previous two years because they would always just miss the playoffs by like a game and a half. And yeah. it was always close. That it, it, I, I said, I don't know if I want to be in this much pain in my life following something this closely. I'm going to let it go next year. Yes. And then they won. Okay. Yeah. 86 was my first year of college. Yeah. I'm a Yankee fan. So mm -hmm. I didn't know Met Red Sox. Yeah. I just, I wanted them both to lose. Like somehow yeah. the earth would open up and swallow <laughs> both teams whole. Exactly. You know, I just didn't know which to do. So you, you growing up in the New York city metropolitan area, you must've been around a bunch of guys that you grew up with who always claimed mm -hmm. to have been part of something that they really had no business claiming. Right. You've probably been around those people like that. That guy over there, Mike Del Tufo is our sound engineer, yes. an audio executive, yes. as he likes to be called. He claims to, you claim to have started the K corner, right? No, 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 hold <laughs> that you, thought. Okay. What is that? I didn't start the K corner. Yes. I knew the guys that did it. Cause I was, I used yeah. to go to games in 85, mm -hmm. 86 yeah. was my, when I left the Yankees for right. a few years. Okay. Cause I was a Yankees fan early But on. you were in the New York times. And quoted. I was in the New York times cause a, a, a reporter was there on opening day, the, the day that Carter hit the uh, home run to win the game. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was the first yeah. game of the season. And I was there. The guys had left. We had met the guys the year before. So we became <laughs> friends with them. Because we would sit They left. There. The K-Corner left. They and left. The whole group left. They, they had no, like, there was no one to hang there the case. No one to hang the case. John. And Gooden was still pitching. And yeah. I don't know why it was an emergency. So they're like, well, you guys want to do this? I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. We stayed. And the guys are like, who does the K-Corner? And people pointed down us. And they, got, they had gotten the times. But are times. they your... K's. Are so you bringing K's? Did you bring the K's? Did they leave the K's? No, over? the K. We had everything was there. It just stayed there funny, day and night. Stocked. There's a K shed. <laughs> so physically, and a backwards K shed. So physically, John, in the in the, in, the, in that article, my friend, myself, and my friend John were were interviewed. There you go. So theoretically. We can say, but there's an actual guy that you're the, came out. You're like the uh, Sean Connery of K's. You're not the George Lazenby. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. But I remember seeing the, the, the like Mets. The yes, Moore. you I'll get it. I'm you get it. I remember that the, the the first year of of uh, so I couldn't go to see them. I think they played the Cubs. And they, yeah, yeah. He got 18 strikeouts. We and went ever. We went all the time. It was a, it was one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. It was because a every throw. Yeah. Was like the last pitch of a game. And I, I, it really was bizarre that the place exploded on every throw. I've never seen anything. Yeah, yeah you, they, you'd clap yes. and you'd send. I once went to a game. I think it was against the Brewers. Rob Deer, if that Rob name Deer. rings a bell. I think, he, I think yeah. he struck out five times. Like, I don't think he laid yeah. a wood on the ball. Yeah. That night, and it really was a circus when 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 oh, Gooden yeah. started. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Basically, I'm just telling you yeah. this story, introducing you to Mike Del Tufo to say, yeah. your 30 for 30 wasn't. Mm -hmm. Completely comprehensive. If it did not have, <laughs> there was a lot of down. ground to cover. That's why they have that other amazing documentary, the, uh, the, what, what, the one that Camel did. Uh, uh, yes, yes, the uh, one for one. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that, that, that's an incredible documentary. There's a lot of story in the. Oh my god! You know, yeah. with the Mets. Oh yeah. Of course. Um, back that was in the day. amazing too. We we, we we suffered a lot uh, most of the time, and. It's funny because I hosted the Directors Guild Awards the other night. Mm -hmm. And speaking of suffering, Spike Lee is in the crowd, okay. and I'm hosting. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you the joke I did to Spike Lee, sure. which I had to work up the nerve <laughs> to say. I just said, Spike Lee has done so many incredible things in his career. He's a brilliant director, documentarian, commercial director, actor. And what's most incredible is he is also a Knicks fan, and he did all of that while depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and did you did you look to see if he, he was laughing? Okay, and then I and then I said uh, it is very very uh, difficult 
to direct when James Dolan owns your team. <laughs> and then the last joke was, I said, uh, Spike, you being at all the games has not helped. <laughs> That's, uh, by the way, true. Yeah. Uh, all good jokes have a germ yeah. of truth in it, I uh, think. He's the greatest. It was a great night. He won the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Director's Guild Award. Yes. So he gave like, very, very moving speech. But it was, a, it was incredible to meet him because I'm a New Yorker and it was the first time I met him. I also saw your joke about succession. That was really funny. Yes. Where you said that, what, that <laughs> it, all, the, all the directing well, uh, every, nomination. every nomination for best directing of a TV show was succession. Yes. All five. Yes. And I said, so you're saying that the worst episode of succession is better than every single thing <laughs> on television. Like even the Yellowstone episode where they shot up the diner is not as good as the fifth episode, best episode of succession. <laughs> Again, you're not wrong. That's what it is saying. Yeah, exactly. Funny. Judd Apatow here on The Rich Eisen Show. The Bubble is available on Netflix on Friday, April 1st. This book I'm holding up right here, mm -hmm. uh, Sicker in the Head, More Conversations About Life and Comedy, available on March 29th, wherever you get your books. What's this uh, book about? pre-order it if you like that kind of thing. Why not? Uh, it's... Um I like to interview comedians. I started doing it when I was 15. I interviewed like, Steve Allen and Seinfeld and Howard Stern when I was in high school in the 80s. How did you get in touch with them? Just I would just lie to people and just say it was a real radio station, but it was a high school radio station, okay. and the signal didn't get out of the parking lot. Oh, but, look at that photograph right yeah, there with Seinfeld. Yeah, there's me and, uh, and Jerry. Uh, and look at, his, look at it on the left there at his bookshelf. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to tell me? That's, his, that's his apartment. That is a guy who is writing jokes. That's why he's the king. Yeah. He is built to create his comedy. He has, doesn't have time to fill that book. So up. you went to his apartment and yeah. interviewed him there? Yeah. And, uh, and so then I put out uh, a book of those interviews and some new ones with people like Jon Stewart and Chris Rock called Stick in the Head. Mm -hmm. And we give all the money away to charity to this uh, place called 826, which provides free tutoring to kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and so for the new book, I did a lot of it during the pandemic when I knew people were home. So I was able to get people like Letterman and Whoopi Goldberg and Lin-Manuel Miranda and Sasha Baron Cohen because everyone was home. Yes. And so I started calling people like, I know you're home. Yeah, You, you can, can talk to you me now. Can't be you can't avoid your call. Yeah. Right. And that's in the book, Sicker in the Head. Yeah. And we'll be doing some fun events. There's a night at the 92Y where yeah. I'll be there. And, uh, you know, we, we have a, a, some stuff in L.A. So if you go to my website, judapatel.com, you can see me live talking to comedians about the book. Fantastic. And again, that's uh, available where all books are sold on March 29th, but you can pre-order right now. Um, we have a segment, sir, called Celebrity True or False. Okay. Where there are stories from your past that we want to know if they are true or false to make sure that the Internet is accurate. If that's okay. That's with all you, we sir. want. I appreciate that. Hit, hit it. We actually have We're some... We're so close to the Internet being accurate that this may... This is going to lock it up. Exactly. This will be, <laughs> this will lock it up. And we, you know, we even have some production value to it. Go ahead and roll it. Go ahead. Roll it. Celebrity oh. true or false. You can't handle the truth. That's it. That's our production value. I like right it. What do you I think? Like I mean, it. as a producer, director, what do you think? That's of like the value? kind of cut and paste graphics you just download from some site. That's what we've got. <laughs> That's what we've got. All the budgets. You're looking at the whole budget. This is pretty right nice. Here. Thank you. You you've scored. We have this no nice actually. Situation. The crazy thing is, we we find stuff here every day that we had no we idea no was here, and half of it's broken. We have no yeah. idea how it got broken. Okay, yeah. uh, first up, uh, Judd Apatow, celebrity, true or false? True or false? You dropped out of college in your second year and wound up moving into an apartment with Adam Sandler. Is that a true story? That is that is a true story. How did how did you move in with Adam Sandler? How did that work? Well, Adam at the time was living with Alan Covert. 
Well, he's in all of his movies. And yeah. Alan, you know, from Grandma's Boy, and uh, he produces Adam's mm-hmm. movies, and yes. it's hilarious. And they were living together, and at some point, I'm not sure Covert was covering the the rent. I think is how I got in there. <laughs> I think there was some sort of transition of uh, Alan had a different situation, and uh-huh. and Adam uh, needed a new roommate. I paid four twenty five for my room. He paid four seventy five because his room had the bathroom in the room in our little uh, terrible apartment in North Hollywood. Okay, and so that was like our early years as comedians trying to catch a break. Then he got Saturday Night Live and left me alone in the apartment. With Alan Covert? No, I was alone in the apartment. But I, I realized this the other day. When he left to SNL, he didn't bring his clothes or his ID. He just left. <laughs> he just really? disappeared. Like, you know, someone who disappeared forever. I literally have his driver's license from <laughs> 1991. He just said, screw it. I'm gone. I'm, I got the call. Something else was happening. <sighs> All right, second one. Um, you interviewed Gary Shandling as part mm-hmm. of what you just mentioned as a mm-hmm. teenager for your radio station. Yes. And that's how you wound up getting hired to write jokes for Shandling when he hosted the 91 Grammy Awards. Is that a... Well, that is false. Okay. I interviewed him uh, when I was a kid on the phone. He was in Vegas, but he had just hosted The Tonight Show for the first time, mm-hmm. which was a big deal. And he was hilarious on the phone. Then I didn't, you know, I, I wouldn't follow up Afterwards, because I was a child, I was 16 years old. Yes, you, know, you can't really follow up and go, "Hey, do you want to be my friend?" Okay. <laughs> but later uh, in life, I was doing stand up, and he was doing stand up, and he was about to host the Grammys, and he needed someone to help him write jokes, and that was my first really significant job in show business. And then I went to New York, and Sinatra's on the show, Bob Dylan, Bono. It was it, it was crazy. You know, because I had never been around. Sinatra anything. was performing at the 91 Grammy Awards? He got the Lifetime Achievement Award oh, I mean. that year. And Bono gave it to him. And Nicholson gave an award to Bob Dylan. It was, a, it was a very, very cool Oh, my God. Cool Do you remember any of the jokes that you wrote for Shanley? I, I always remember one joke, uh, <laughs> which is there was a country western guy with really long sideburns. Yeah. And Gary said, I've never seen sideburns like that before, and I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> well, I, I know um, you know your documentary that 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 was on HBO about his life through his diaries is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Oh, thank you. It was so beautiful, and um, it's on HBO Max. It, it and and everyone should see it honestly because it it, it just it 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 just reveals a human being that made so many people laugh that had you know his own demons and his way that he always seemed to have a positive outlook yeah. despite that certainly what he wrote about and i was fortunate enough to be introduced to him about a couple of years before his passing uh through a mutual friend and through that he invited me to lunch mm-hmm. and he sat down and when we sat there he'd already watched a couple of episodes of this yeah. show and gave me tips about moving the desk closer to yeah. the guest chair i'm and still pretty far away i know <laughs> that's the COVID <laughs> thing i think it would, but it, it used to be close it used to be much closer like yeah. literally he told me that you should be touching knees with your yeah. guest like mm-hmm. and 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 then the long emails he would send with just yeah. thoughts and notes it was unbelievable and we had just kind of met yeah he was very giving so, that way like I would, like a funny story is I always would have him at the table reads. Mm-hmm. So before we would shoot a movie, we would read it out loud. We get all the actors mm-hmm. and we would invite a lot of friends and writers to tell us if the movie was working. 
So I had him at the table read for The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And then the debate afterwards with a bunch of people, Adam McKay was there, we were debating, does The 40-Year-Old Virgin masturbate? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, wouldn't that be a part of this? Like, can you ignore that concept yes. of self-pleasure in a movie like this? And Gary takes a pause and he goes, what if you had a sequence where you just show him prepare to masturbate? And he puts on his favorite robe and <laughs> brushes his hair. <laughs> and, uh, and it's in the movie and it's hysterical. And he would do things like that all the time. And that's how that scene got in the film. Yeah. Fantastic. Do you have a good uh, a go-to story that you can share about the, the Larry Sanders show? when you were on that uh, about that show. I Just mean, everything was a, it. was a story at the Larry Sanders show because you know, it's a talk it's a, it's behind the scenes of a talk show. It's also on HBO. If people want to see it, it. it's, it, it, it truly is in the conversation of the greatest television show of all time. Period. Yeah. It's, it's End of story. very funny. And, and the bubble in a way is like a grandchild to it. Cause it's making fun of the behind the scenes Seems of people in a bubble trying to make a flying dinosaur action movie with terrific cameos <laughs> yeah. and a great cast and everything like yeah, that. So, so it's connected. But it was just always intense over there because Rip Torn was one of the stars. Oh my God. And Rip Torn is a, was a genius, but very like gruff. And maybe he was drinking certain days. Like it, <laughs> it was emotionally uh, challenging, but it was always worth it because he is the best ever. Hmm. And uh, one day we're shooting and I'm directing. I've never directed before. And he just turns to the cinematographer. He's like, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. You're shooting my ear. You're shooting my ear. <laughs> You gave me these the Caesar shots to everyone else, but you're shooting my ear. And it didn't really make sense because the guy was like right in front of him and he didn't like <laughs> the angle. And the guy's like, what are you talking about, Rip? He's like, I know the angles. I shoot skeet. And, <laughs> and he really like just like goes off about this. And then later in the day, I see him walk over to the cinematographer, Peter Smokler, who did like Spinal Tap. It's an amazing cinematographer. Yeah. And he says, you know, this morning I woke up and I was washing my car like by my house and I was walking and I hit my head on a piece of wood hanging from my house. So I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad. <laughs> because of that. Because of that. And that's the kind of, that's how it would usually roll in a very strange way. But the scene would always be remarkable. And he was like a big oh my God. puppy. As Artie. I mean, it's unbelievable. One of my favorite lines, because I'm from Staten Island, by the way, great yeah. movie, The King of Staten Island. Thank I grew up with every single yes. person in that film. It, seemed, yeah. <laughs> it was as authentic as it gets. Um, that just, I remember when uh, Larry was complaining yeah. about the guest list yeah. and it wasn't very up to snuff. And yeah. he says, on tonight, we've got uh, Staten Island streetwise troubadours, the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is Gary didn't really know music that well. I hired my friend Juliana Roberts, like help book music acts. But Gary didn't really know almost anybody in music. Yeah. So we would book the people that we just wanted to meet. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Let's, would the Wu-Tang Clan show up here? <laughs> yeah, you know, and so we, hey, Los Lobos is on the show. Like we would just, I remember we got Warren Zevon to do the show. Yeah, and sure. We, and we would just keep introducing people to Gary. I love it. A couple more here with uh, Judd Apatow, Celebrity True or False. Um, LeBron was cast in Trainwreck because mm -hmm. he was one of the only players in sports figures that yeah. Amy Schumer, who was writing it, had ever heard of. Is that true? I think when you write a movie and you have a joke such as, you know, Bill Hader is someone who does operations on people's knees. He's a mm -hmm. knee specialist. Mm -hmm. And his friend, we want his best friend to be 
a giant athlete, like the most successful athlete you could think of. So Amy in writing would just write, well, who's the most famous, successful person? So in your script, you always write that name. And then at the end of the day, you know, you get, uh, I don't know, Glenn Gondrasic. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, can I do an old reference? By the way, that's a golf club <laughs> for Jeff. You didn't think I'd pull out something like that from the 70s? Wow. Anyway, yes. so you don't get the person that you intended to get. That's correct. And, and so uh, Bill said, well, you know, he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he's a great guy, and he's really funny. Maybe you would do it. And, and then Bill and I went out to lunch with him after uh, watching him in a game the night before. Uh -huh. And the thing I always remember about the lunch, first of all, he got the joke instantly, mm -hmm. and he was hysterical. Like It's funny because he's really funny, and he understood the nuance of what that was. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's eating at the restaurant, and, and all the different Lakers keep walking over. Uh, no, it was pre-Lakers. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was yes. before that. All his teammates keep walking over, and they're all exhausted from the night before. Like they look annihilated mm -hmm. at noon the next day. Like they looked <laughs> like they'd been through something terrible. All of them, and they're all like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. How you doing?" And I, they like people don't realize what it takes out of them. Yes. Am I right about this? Well, it's also this. been if it was the if it was in Miami, it could have been a, a late night the night it before. It did not it have that been... sense. It's a, it okay. it, 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 it looked just... like true exhaustion. Okay. And I was like, in my job, I'm never that tired. <laughs> I'm not recovering like that. So I, I was impressed at the, at the at the work ethic. So it could be that line from Airplane, Kareem. You tell your dad to drag Walton into Lanier up exactly. the court. <laughs> exactly. You know, drag exactly. Walton and Lanier's ass up I, and down I, the court. I put LeBron right up there with Kareem and Airplane in terms of solid uh, comedy. But he got the get. He got the idea, and he was great. And he, he, he was, was tremendous in that. Yeah. Movie. So was John Cena. He was hilarious in that movie. John too. Cena was so funny, and also John Cena. And I, I can't say I was following wrestling yeah. at the time. <laughs> yes. So because you know I was more of a. Bruno C. Martino guy. Nice. Um, That's the Glenn Gondrasek <laughs> of wrestling. Well, he was more successful than that. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yes. But, um, but, but uh, Cena came in, and I didn't, I, I, someone just showed me a tape, like, hey, maybe a wrestler could play this part, because we just wanted her to have a very muscular boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that guy's hilarious. And they were like, yeah, he's like the champion. I'm like, oh, I, I, I literally didn't know who he was, which is... Uh, it says bad things about me. I should be following wrestling more closely. Uh, and, and the nicest, funniest guy, just so, so game to, to go for it, came in with tons of ideas. And he's also, he does a, a funny cameo in The Bubble. Okay, very good. The Bubble again uh, in theaters on April 1st. Uh, and the last one, I, I know this is true, but it's just mm. a way for you to please tell the story, that Steve Carell insisted on having his yeah. chest literally waxed. It literally is yeah, him That's real waxed. hair, what you're looking at. Like That's not like in the, the prop guys made funny hair. On the, on the that's stickers. literally his hair. That's the hair they ripped off, and we would just put it there. And that is the that like that still is the actual reaction uh, uh, to the pain of doing it. So we had five cameras set up because you this is a one take. Like you can't. We could only do it once. You can only you can't, like, glue the hair back on and do it. And and it was Steve's idea. He's like, I think it'd be funny. Yeah. Now the thing I realized later. Yes. Was he claimed at the time that he had never waxed before. Mm-hmm. But now I realize that he had, hmm. because he he's a wax he's he's manscaped, he's manscaped. 
And, well, you've done, you know, Anchorman. We've done other films with him. But, I mean, but he really pitched it like, I think this would be funny. I imagine it would be funny. It would hurt a lot. Like, no, he'd done it. <laughs> it was all a lie. And the woman who, who waxes him mm -hmm. came in, and we needed an actress who also knew how to wax. Like a professional actress slash waxer. That's that's quite a Swiss and Army knife. I mean, knife. the woman maybe did it once or twice and got fired. <laughs> Acting? Or, or. The number one rule when you wax is you don't put the wax over the nipple because you could just rip someone's nipple off. And she did. There's like a shot. And we realized later that she lied that she knew how to wax just to get the part. So that might be why it hurt so much. Maybe it wouldn't have hurt. If she knew how to do but it. As someone who has told some fibs in his past, you had to respect her for, you know, just wanting the role. You gotta fake the resume. Yeah. You gotta, I, if there's anything I can say to the kids out there, <laughs> fake the resume. Get the job. Then prove you can do it. Fake it till you make it. Oh my God. Figure it out later. And uh, Kelly Clarkson was just an ad lib? That was just. Well, you know, Seth Rogen, you know, I knew that I wanted him to curse at her. Okay. Because as a kid, I always went to Action Park. Oh my God! You survived it. And so, Action oh. Park, as everyone knows, has these like uh, cement tracks, oh, and you ride these scooters down them. And everyone wiped out on their arms, yeah. and with their all their skin of their arm would get ripped off. And yeah. then you would go to the nurse, and the nurse would spray this like pink antiseptic, <laughs> antibacterial something on it, you know. And they, but it was like a line of people. It could be like a nice woman would curse out. They all cursed out the nurse. And so I told. Uh, Steve, that story, and I said, just every time, act like you're not going to curse at her, and then curse. Mm -hmm. And then I asked Seth, can you write out a list of curses, yeah. which he wrote. And then I said, can you get a couple of clean curses? Yes. So if I ever have to air this on ABC, yeah. and then and then Seth wrote Kelly Clarkson. Oh. Kelly. Oh. Have you nice. ever run into her? I just did it last week. We, yeah. We're bonded over this joke. For life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, fantastic. And we didn't even touch on literally two-thirds of what you've got going on. Sicker in the Head, Judd Apatow, a book where you can pre-order right now. It comes out next week on the 29th. And then on the 1st uh, of April, The Bubble. I didn't even mention Keegan-Michael Key is in this movie. Yeah. And he is one of the funniest guys I have ever yeah, met. Yeah. He's been, right. I mean, he's been incredible. What a heck of a cast. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen too. David Duchovny is he is he one of your basketball friends from uh, I used the, to play basketball from, from the, the famed Gary Shandling games. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah. but he played like more seriously at college, I believe. Okay, I, I don't know. know did he play? Is, is that a lie? I don't, the, that, the, uh, that'll be for his celebrity, true or false. Yeah, when not, he comes but, in. but he actually knew how to play. Okay, but I was mainly covering you know like weaker people like Alan Zweibel. <laughs> Alan Zweibel from you know, Great Rider, yeah. Saturday Night Live legend, yes. and he fell at me once and dislocated my shoulder. Oh, God. And then that was the end of my basketball That's it, career. then that's the end of it. Great to see you, Judd Apatow. This was uh, so Thank much you. fun. Thank you for coming in. Again, Sicker in the Head, where all books are sold. And then uh, The Bubble, check it out on Netflix on April 1st. We are back with more in a moment here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show. That was just fantastic. Just fantastic. Hilarious. Uh, When was the last time you really considered your dream? Our friends at Mercedes-Benz Vans want you to know that they can help you reconnect because they think, and we all know, that you used to think about your dream all the time. It's time for you and your dream to get back together because you can live the van life in a totally customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter. Because this totally customized Mercedes-Benz van, this premium ride that we're talking about, means you can expect innovative safety features. I keep talking about crosswind assist and blind spot assist with you all the time. It was the other day, just trying to drive around town. There was uh, a moment I could have used the blind spot assist, to be very honest <laughs> with you. Um, and the performance and reliability is amazing. You can expect that. The MBUX voice command system, a five-star dealer network, and an available gas engine. It runs like a dream. So what do you say? Head to the Mercedes-Benz van dealership right now and get that Sprinter. Tell them your dream sent you. Hilarious. Good Lord, was that funny. My sides are, are hurting. You know what I love? The, my, uh, my favorite line that he'd mentioned right there, Judd Apatow. The curse? Was, no, uh, Rip Torn, the actor. And anybody who wants, oh. if you just remember Dodgeball, is like, what, you know, if you can throw a wrench, you can, gra- you can throw you can a ball, dodge right? dodge a wrench. Right? If you can dodge a wrench, you can, you can dodge, dodge a ball, ball right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Rip Torn is just known for being, you know, oh. you know while he was alive, just insane. And so, for him to say that he knew that they were shooting the side of his head even though the camera was right in front of him. And he says he knows all the angles because I shoot skeet. <laughs> what does that I mean? I shoot skeet, That's okay. so I know the angles. Wow. And it's one of those things where it's just dangerous enough to not question him. Right. Right, like, like what are you I talking could, about? I, I could see you being a skeet shooter. Like, right? Yeah, of course. Because you, you're like, you're like, if you question him, you might be the one to get the buckshot <laughs> next, you know? Like, I kind of find that Perfect. What a what a perfect story Fantastic. you could tell about Rip Torn. Perfect. He was on. I'm, God. He, I'm shambling. That was he was so, Larry Sanders. It was so he was so funny. Rip Torn on that show. Oh like, my God. Well, and then Jeffrey Tambor Tim playing Moore Hank Kingsley. Oh. Like hey now. hey now, hey now. And then the writers yeah. behind the scenes, and then the cameos. That's what he's saying. That his That's new movie, true. The Bubble, is kind of like a grand child to it because it's a movie about a movie being made and you're looking at behind the scenes the cameos and the angst and then the personalities that clash and then the issues that happen it's just that the bubble in larry sanders world was larry's own bubble where he would just live in his own world in which the most important thing was whether the show was received well or not that was and that show again as he mentions that's on hbo max and then the documentary about Gary Shandling's life is just must-see. And one of the things, too, is that the, the emails that Gary Shandling had sent me 
talking about like he was doing some sort of intro for Bud Selig wow. at, a, at an event. And he was like bouncing off a couple of jokes that he had written to see if they would work or not or if it was too soon for a couple of them. You know, and then just talking about this show and what can be improved. And it, he sent them to my NFL email address. And then I think after the lockout, they kind of changed their their method right around there as to how long emails could be retained. And I had saved them in a folder and they just disappeared one day. And I'm wondering if I do, do I call like IT in New York and say, can you look for these emails with Gary oh, Shanley on it? probably exist. I don't so know about that, brother. You think they're like... I don't know. Gone, I think it's like gone, gone. Like Pluto. Who's the and... NFL IT guy? Say he's gone. Sam's gone. Yeah, Sam's gone. Sam's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam's Sam was gone. there when we were there. Sam yeah. was the guy to see you about Sam the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need an outside uh, port. Can you uh, help me? Yeah. yeah. And his answer to you would be, who are you? <laughs> no, he acts. All right. Uh, okay, Adam Ray, the comedian, coming up. Chris Brockman's got a news update with some stories that, uh, that, that are burning in the NFL. That's coming up in hour number three here oh. on the Rich Eisen Show. Oof. We're still here on Peacock. Let's take this phone call. Alan Atlanta's been hanging on forever and a day. What's up, Al? How you doing? Good morning, Rich. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversations while you're on hold. Oh, loved it. That loved the after conversation. Loved great. all the great stories. That's but great. Uh, I've got a, I got a bone to pick with Atlanta, and i got a question for Brockman. What's up? The bone to pick with Atlanta is last week, Atlanta lets the best, the Braves, let the best first baseman in franchise history go. And where does he go? He goes to the Dodgers. The only three teams worse would have been the Mets, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. It's, it's just painful. I was, I was hurt. I felt betrayed by my team. And then I was like, I, I started to get over it. I started to feel a little bit better. I started to be fine. And then t- this week rolls around, and what do the Falcons do? They trade the best quarterback in franchise history to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, nothing against the Colts, but we, all we get in return is a third-round draft pick and not even the best third-round draft pick the Colts had to offer. Like, what are the teams trying to do to me? Well, I think what had to – look, Ryan had to, at some point, um, the only way, I guess, with his cap hit, they, they actually took $7 million less. Yeah. It was $7 million less to get rid of him. And at some point, they were going to put it on the credit card. I think doing it right now and at some point – I just don't know how sustainable it would have been to keep with Matt Ryan. I actually think they did Matt a solid. They did? Yeah. After all those they years. They got into a better situation with a much better chance of winning for the next year, two, three, maybe. Right. And, uh, and then they're just eating the $40 million in They have space. to. Yeah, like, I, like right now, you yeah. do it now, and then it's done and over with, yeah. and now you can start from scratch. You do have a top 10 draft choice. Yep. And I do like your coach. I do like him. I like him, too. I like the choices he's made. I kind of feel bad for the nickname I gave him before I even saw him, you know, coach it down, but... He's he's lived up to a better nickname. I'll figure one. Okay, you do that, Al. Thanks yeah. for the call. Appreciate yeah. it. You know, you, you you nailed it, Chris. I mean, they did him a solid. They did him a solid because yeah. at this point in time, you know, Calvin Ridley's not playing. Right. Clearly, they 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 have to at some point get Ryan's number off their books. Mm-hmm. And, and if you had just look they, at the roster, had they, had they kept him, you know what they probably would have had to do was probably do what Minnesota did was extend him and and right. make the cap number. Pal- more palatable now, right? And it's, then it's you better put, now. You, then you push everyone, it into the future. For everyone involved, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 